Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. North Carolina, which is the second or third largest county in the state of North Carolina, uh, geographic or, or land-wise size. Uh, it's over 60 miles across the county. Uh, so it's huge. Uh, 55,000 people. And we are the only congregation of the Lord's Church in that county. It's at least 25 miles to any congregation in any direction from where we are. Uh, so it's not anything for our folks to drive 15, 20, 25 miles to worship. Uh, so that makes it a little challenging. But as I said, it's a big, small town. We've got two McDonald's. We've got two food lines. We've got three independent grocers, a super Walmart, um, a Lowe's, which, you know, they don't just put these things in little bitty places. They realize the, the geographic draw of Whiteville. Um, it's not anything on the weekend to go into a fast food restaurant and there be a line out the door uh, simply because people go through there it's the last place to stop and eat before you get to the beach and so that's one of the things that uh, keeps it so busy this was our former building uh, a small block building with bricks we had three classrooms um, uh, two one-stall bathrooms. Uh, now you'll find that interesting in, in a few minutes. Um, this building was built in the early 60s, and after the building was built, the neighborhood changed. Uh, it deteriorated. They put a housing project in behind us, and it made it a uh, very undesirable location. Uh, as I would get out and be in the community talking to folks, uh, and we would be talking, they, they, people over there, most of them have never heard of the Lord's Church, uh, have no concept whatsoever of what the Lord's Church is. Um, and we'd get to talking. Uh, they'd find out that I was a minister, and they'd say, well, what do y'all believe? What do y'all teach? So, well, we strive to be the church that you read about in the Bible. Uh, we try to, to do things just the way the Bible tells us to. And people would say, well, I'd be interested in that. Where do you meet? And I would give them a street address, and it was just like you were twisting the, the rod on a Venetian blind. You could just see the, the expression on their face change. And they say, I don't go in that section of town. I don't go in that neighborhood. I don't go on that side of 701. And so we realized very early on that, that we had to do something. 
But then our fears were even uh, prompted to a bigger idea. That's a bullet hole in our former sign. That's a bullet hole, if you see on those bricks right there, uh, in the bricks. That's a bullet hole in the ceiling. And that's a bullet hole in the wall. One Friday night while we weren't there, uh, somebody saw somebody's automobile that they didn't like. And they proceeded to just spray everything with bullets uh, from... From what I understood, a drug deal that had gone bad in another section of town, and it filtered its way back to, to us. And so we knew we had to do something. And so we began to, um, we bought property in 2006, uh, six acres in a, a, a good section of town. And this is our, I'm excited about this. This is the cradle for our new sign. Um, it, it was supposed to be delivered the 20th of March. Uh, they told me it was going to be the 12th of April when it was shipped. And after I left uh, Thursday, I got an email. It shipped. So I hope it'll be there when I get back. Uh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Uh, a nice digital sign that we're excited to get up. Uh, because that can be a ministry in and of itself, putting things on that digital sign that, that people will go by and read. And so we're excited about that. This is the foyer to our new building. We, got a, uh, we were blessed to get a new building built in 2020. We moved into it January the 1st, 2021. Had our first service the first Sunday of 2021. Uh, this is the foyer coming in. This is our new auditorium. Uh, we're excited. It looks good. Um, it'll seat about 140. Uh, we've got classrooms. We were blessed to be able to put whiteboards on one wall and bulletin boards on the other wall. Congregation in uh, Alabama donated those bulletin boards and whiteboards are, are the funds to buy those and we were so thankful uh, this is the uh, another one of the classrooms uh, this is our toddler room uh, we use the back corner of the fellowship hall for uh, another classroom so we're blessed now that we our former classrooms were probably 10 by 12 and uh Imagine getting five or six kids in there. That's all you wanted in, in one of those little rooms with a table in there. And so we really feel blessed beyond measure to be able to have our teachers in classrooms that are, uh, that are functional and able for them to use. Uh, that's looking down the hallway from the fellowship hall back into the auditorium. I told y'all, y'all, when I mentioned that we had two single stall restrooms in the old building, uh, and between Sunday school and worship, there would always be a line. I mean, there was always a line. And now the ladies, are, they're excited. They've got four stalls in their bathroom, and, and that may not sound like much to anybody else, but, you know, when you move from a, 
Model T to a, a Cadillac, it's probably a pretty good uh, uh, upgrade. And so we're, we're very uh, blessed. Uh, a kitchen, for, kitchen and fellowship facilities, um, they had never had a fellowship hall at the other building. And that may not sound like much to you, but, but think about it. If you wanted to have a fellowship, you had to go to somebody's house, which was all well and good, but it might have been on the opposite side of the county from where you, you'd already driven 25 miles uh, to get two services that day, and now you've got to drive 25 miles to get to whoever's house you're going to have the, the fellowship at, and uh, you know, that gets a little time consuming and a little uncomfortable and a little cumbersome to do that, and so we're so thankful because fellowships can be such a such an important part to the uh, to a congregation when you can all get together and and do something together and enjoy uh, spending time with one another. Um, we've rented uh, little community buildings at different times to to have fellowships in, and, and this is so much um, so much more convenient. Uh, might be the best way to say that. We can now have functions at the church building. This was a, a trunk or treat that we had. Um, had several visitors from the, the community and, and uh, relatives of, of our members and just had a, a, a super time, uh, but we had somewhere to do it. Uh, this was a, a fellowship for uh, a couple that moved away, they're getting on up in their years, and they were leaving. They'd been an important part of that congregation for, for many, many years. And so this was their going away celebration, and, and uh, we could do that there. This is a Sunday morning. Uh, this was at the close of worship. In fact, the men back there standing in the doorway have just finished serving the Lord's Supper, and uh, they were counting. Uh, this is something that I do every Sunday night. We have something we call Kid Sing. And even though we're a, a small congregation, uh, normally about 50 on Sunday, I want you to notice the kids on that front row. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven kids on that front row. And... I don't want to brag, but I would say that there are some of those kids that have as much Bible knowledge as a lot of grown-ups, because I try to get them to, um, they can say all the books of the Bible, uh, new and old, they can tell you how to divide them up, um, they can, most of them can tell you the themes of all the Old Testament books. Um, the young man on the right front there can probably quote as much uh, scripture as a lot of grown-ups. Uh, he's got an excellent family, comes from a good family, a, a mom and dad that are very integral in trying to, to, to raise their children to be good Christians. And he, he's so eager, so eager to learn. Uh, he'll lead singing. Uh, 
if you'll let him, he'll get up and preach. Um, he's just a, he's a blessing. Uh, a young man that, that I have high hopes for uh, in the Lord's church. Uh, all three, well, three of the four young men on that front seat will lead singing. And that's such a blessing. If you had not been there when we went there, you would not have believed that those three little kids, of course, we've seen most of them born or uh, from babies since we've been there. We've been there almost 20 years. And uh, it's really an encouragement to us that, that they want to learn, that they want to serve. Uh, that young man on the right, his favorite song that he, he will lead is, I want to be a worker for the Lord. And, and that's an encouragement uh, to us. God has been very, very good to us in Whiteville, North Carolina. Uh, this congregation, like I said, pre-COVID, we were running between 60 and 70. Co COVID has hurt us tremendously, and, and as it has most congregations. Uh, now we're 40 to 50 on a Sunday morning. Uh, we've got folks that I wished I knew the answer to get them to, to, to come back. Uh, I've encouraged them. Um, every time I see, make a point of, of seeing them, I, I try to encourage them. We miss you. We'd love to have you back. Um, I'm, I'll be there. And I'm still waiting for some of them to show up. Uh, people got comfortable. Uh, even though we're not doing anything online as far as, as streaming our services, people got comfortable during COVID and, and trying to get them reawakened to that. As I mentioned in my, my sermon, uh, in the beginning of this year, uh, I made a commitment that we are studying the life of Christ this year. Uh, we're doing it through Truth For Today. They came out with a series of commentaries, uh, and the first two books in it are called The Life of Christ. And they have tried to get folks to use that uh, series as a way to study with people, the life of Christ. And so we have engaged in, in doing that. We've got folks that are more interested right now in that congregation with having Bible studies with people than I've ever seen. Uh, we bought several copies of those two uh, commentaries, and uh, they're written by Brother David Roper. It's an excellent resource. And on Wednesday nights, we've been doing uh, a video series of 13 lessons called uh, The Reaching Out Clinic. And so we've been watching that, and I've got folks that we finally got all of our books in that are in the process of setting up Bible studies with, their, with some of their friends. And, and they're excited in wanting to share the gospel with people that are lost. And, and that's what it's all about, uh, getting the gospel to the, the lost and dying world. It's been a very challenging work. Patsy and I moved there in... Uh, September of 2003. When we uh, 
went to uh, think about going there, Patsy, uh, my wife, was not impressed. Uh, she's like, you know, and after I preached the sermon that morning and the folks started coming out, I don't know how many people stopped and, and, and grabbed a hold of her and said, y'all please come, y'all please come, y'all please come. This congregation was established in about 1948 by some servicemen from Fort Bragg. Uh, we're an hour away from Fayetteville and, and they came down and they uh, helped get a congregation started there. And the congregation grew. Uh, like I said, in the early 60s, they built their original building. Uh, sometime about uh, 1993 or 4, uh, the last located man there moved away. And they did not have a, a, a located preacher there for about 17 years. Uh, the couple of men in the congregation uh, were trying to take care of the, the preaching duties, and the congregation just slowly, just about died. Um, the first Wednesday night we were there, there were four people there besides us. Uh, we're doing a little bit better than that now. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were probably about 25 on Wednesday nights, which... You know, a lot of places, if they can have 50% back from Sunday, they're feeling real good on Wednesday night. Um, but we're trying. But as I said, my wife wasn't impressed. They, they begged us to come. And so I made a five-year commitment to that work. Hartsville Pike in Gallatin, Tennessee, was my sponsoring eldership, overseeing eldership. And uh, I had come to a realization that uh, I needed to do something besides what I was doing. I was a deacon in the congregation there. I was not preaching. Uh, and my wife had been praying that, that something would change. I, was, I had a secular job. I was working a lot of hours, making real good money. And uh, I walked in one day and they fired me. Uh, and so it took me a little while to kind of recover from that and about that same time, Brother Wendell Winkler came to Hartsville Pike and he preached a sermon called David's Mighty Men. And part of the thrust of that lesson was they did so much with so little. And I came to a realization that, that God had blessed me in my life and I needed to be something, doing something more than what I was doing. And so I decided that I would go back to school and I went to school at Heritage Christian University in Florence, Alabama. And Hartsville Pike and several other folks helped support me to get my education, to prepare myself to do that. And uh, my fellow students used to fuss at me. Uh, they would want to know, why in the world are you taking 18 hours every semester and, and taking classes during the summer? and and why are you striving to make such good grades all the time? And I said, you don't understand. I said, I have to look at this like a job. I said, because people have 
are spending money, they're supporting me, and, and I need to get this done and get out of here and get on with what I'm supposed to be doing and, and do the very best job I could. And so that was what I did, and, and Hartsville Pike wanted to do something stateside uh, mission work. And so we looked and we looked and we looked, and we finally decided on Whiteville, North Carolina. I don't know how long I'll be there. Um, within five years of us going, I kept having this uh, friend of mine that uh, down in North Alabama, he says, Philip, he said, there's a, there's a congregation such and such that's looking for a preacher. And I said, uh, Don, I, I can't do anything right now. I said, I, I've made a five-year commitment to this work. And I said, uh, I can't leave. And then we bought this property we bought six acres. It was $194,000 for six acres. But it was 300 feet of road frontage on the main road north and south through town. I said, we got to get this paid for and get a building built. And it was, the banks wouldn't let us borrow any money. They said, uh, uh, we need guarantors. We need somebody that's going to put their name on the dotted line that can guarantee that this is going to be paid back. And we didn't have anybody that could do that in the congregation. So the man that owned the property said, I'll finance it on 15 years. And so we agreed. We bought the property in 2006. With God's help, it was paid off in 2010, uh, several years ahead of schedule. And then we started thinking about how we were going to build a building on it. And so we kept saving our money and folks kept giving money. And finally we felt like we had enough that we could get started. And we ended up building, our building cost $499,000, not counting the foundation. Because the builder's bond would only cover him to $500,000. He said, if y'all pay for the, the, the foundation, he said, I'll oversee it and get it done. They came and started building that building. And it's been amazing. The folks were impressed with their, their members of the church. They're out of Oklahoma, York Construction. And they could not believe that they were building that building for what they built it. Uh, right at $100, uh, uh, $100 a square foot. Um, I think that's right. Does that sound right? It sounds about right. Because uh, it was 5,803 square feet and it cost us $500,000. Uh, they couldn't believe they were doing it for that because all the bids we'd gotten from folks around there were seven and 800000 to build that building. And they worked with these guys and, and even now... I talked to the people that they dealt with that, that worked for them, the subcontractors. They were impressed because they displayed being good Christian people. And, and it just amazed everybody there. If you remember, I showed you the picture of the sign cradle for our new sign that we're getting out. The, the brick mason that, that did the brick on our, our, our building, I called him and I said, uh, Joey, I said, we need to get a, a sign put up. Can you take care of it? He said, absolutely. And so I got him the specs and everything to do it. Uh, he came out, he got it done. 
He got it done on a Wednesday afternoon, finished up. And when we got to services Wednesday night, I saw it out there. I picked up my phone and I called him. I said, Joey, I said, sign looks, part you did looks good. I said, if you'll get us a bill, we'll get you paid. He said, you don't owe me anything. He said, that's my donation to the church. I encouraged him all the time that he was doing the brickwork on the building. We had several Bible discussions and, and, and encouraged him to come and visit with us. And he's promised me he would. And uh, so when I called him to get this done, I reminded him, I said, Joey, you promised me you were going to come and, and worship with us sometime. He said, I I'm coming. And so, you know, to think... He laid out all the money for the rebar. He laid out all the money for the concrete. He laid out all the money for the labor to do that. And he has no other connection to the Lord's church other than what little bit he's had through us in, in working with us. But, but even he wanted to, to help us. That, was, that impressed me a lot. Uh, I hope I can have some inroads in getting him to, to study the Bible with me. I've offered. Uh, and I'm going to keep trying. But... Now, uh, people say, well, are you about ready to come back home? I said, no, I can't come home yet. I said, uh, they've got about 200000 Well, it's, I think the last thing I saw, we owe $196,000 on that building. And so I, I can't go yet. I can't just go off and leave them with that debt and try to, try to take care of that. We're going to try and get that paid down. Uh, one of the young men said... Uh, we can't leave this for our kids. He said, we've got to get this done. And so when I realized the, the tremendous amount of work that is still to do, um, and I know that I couldn't do it without y'all's help, and I, I'm so thankful and so appreciative to y'all for, for helping us. Um, There may be questions. I'd be more than happy to try to answer any questions that y'all might have uh, about this. Uh, I, I, I can get real excited and I, can, I don't know when to shut up in talking about uh, the work that we're doing. Uh, as Seth said earlier when he introduced me, it can be very discouraging. Uh, it can get very discouraging. I, I miss being around my family. I miss being around my grandkids. Uh, but then I wonder, uh, if, it wasn't, if I wasn't there, who would be there? Um, and the, the, just to show you how little is understood about, is this Bible class streamed? Is this Bible class streamed? It is? No, it's just, it's just here. Okay, I try to be careful what I say. Not in, not in a bad way, but, but uh, they don't understand anything. The, the community understands absolutely nothing about the Lord's church. When, when you mention church, well, are y'all Pentecostal? No. Um, when we moved to, to Evergreen, uh, one of the deacons in the Baptist church and the, the preacher came to our house and uh, uh, wanted to visit with us. Uh, and they knew nothing about the Lord's church. 
And, and that amazed me. You know, this guy's gone through their seminary, if you will, and he knew nothing of the Lord's church. On three different occasions, I've been asked to, uh, there was a vacancy in the little community where we live uh, in the Baptist church, and they asked me if I wanted to put in my resume and come to preach for them. And I have, I've told them I'll be happy to preach for them. I'll be more than happy to preach for them. If y'all will let me preach the Bible, I'll be happy to come. But to, to realize how little is known about the, the true church, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. And I'm afraid a lot of times when we're in places where there's a church building on every corner, uh, you know, there's quite a few congregations in Callaway County. Go to Lauderdale County, Alabama, or Limestone County. You know, there's churches of Christ on every corner. And we just don't understand that, that a lot of folks know absolutely nothing. And they're going to be lost. We have a tremendous responsibility to take the gospel to people that are lost. Any questions? Anything I can answer? Anything y'all want to know that I haven't said? Might be a short class this morning, folks. I figured I'd get an amen out of that. Well, I feel so blessed. Uh, that, that we have gone from where we were to where we are. Uh, we've got a nice facility that we can be proud of uh, that is functional, uh, that um, in a neighborhood that people aren't, a, aren't a, you know, afraid to go into. Uh, I, I never went to the building without carrying a gun. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a, that's a bad thing to have to say, uh, but uh, that's where we were uh, in that situation. Um, and unfortunately, in the times that we live in now, that's, that's where we are. Uh, and I don't think it matters where you are, anywhere in the, uh, in the country, uh, that that's... But I, but I didn't bring it today. Uh, I felt pretty safe in Murray. Predominantly. Uh, a lot of Baptists. And uh, when I first moved there, I saw something that I had never seen before. They had a little campground out there. And it was... Uh, uh, a campground for fire-baptized Pentecostalism. Uh, they have since changed that name. Now it's just, uh, uh, they've taken the fire-baptized part off of it. I don't know if they finally realized that I don't, nobody wants to be baptized with fire, not the way it talks about in the Bible, uh, because that's destruction, but predominantly, very much so. Uh, the little community that we live in, it's called Evergreen. Uh, they had a little grocery store that was the, the gathering point uh, for everybody. And I don't know how many 
uh, religious discussions that I've had sitting around the, the table in that little uh, grocery store uh, about instrumental music, about um, leadership in the Lord's church, um, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, when you said mentioned predominantly Baptist, um, and it, it is, uh, got to talk about deacons one day. And uh, we just had a, a whole discussion, you know, that, that the deacons are, are merely the servants, that the elders are the, the, the overseers, the ones that the Lord is, has appointed to be the, uh, the, the men in charge of, of, of the, the church as far as the operations. And you would have thought that I uh, discovered sliced bread. Uh, they, had, they had never heard that concept, uh, that, that, you know, that the deacons weren't the ones that were the leaders. Um, and the, the idea of instrumental music, uh, we've had several discussions about that. Because you would be amazed at how many people fail to know their own history. You know, it wasn't until the late 1800s that the Baptist church even started using instruments of music in worship to God. Uh, their old-timey preachers, uh, John Spurgeon, <laughs> no, there wasn't going to be any instruments of music in worship to God. Uh, but so many people, I don't mean this, are, are ignorant of, of what God's Word says, and even of their own history and where they have come from. Uh, I've been asked to preach several, uh, not, they're still living, but several of the folks in the community, we have developed the, the relationship. They've asked me to, 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 to preach their funerals. Uh, and I feel honored. Uh, you know, I'm an outsider to them, but yet they have... Uh, uh, come to, to, to know and to trust me that, that, that I'd do what would be right. Uh, which, and, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but in, you know, just trying to do what's, what you're supposed to do, what God's Word tells us to do. And, and, and if we will all do that, if we will all do what we're supposed to do and what God's Word tells us to do, we will make an impact on the people that we come in contact with. Uh, I believe that with all my heart. Anything else? We're still going to get to the restaurant before anybody else. Well, I, I, we're not here all the time, but I, I want y'all to know that, that we love y'all. Um, Murray's almost like a second, I, I don't want to speak for my wife, but, but Murray's like a second home to me. Uh, I would not take anything for the, the time that I spent around New Providence uh, helping Grundy and Danny on the farm years and years ago. Uh, many, many, many fond memories. Uh, and I told somebody when we checked into the hotel last night, uh, the lady said, uh, do you need to know anything about Murray? And I said, uh, ma'am, I said, uh, I can tell you where to get the best pizza in town. I can tell you where to get the best ice cream in town. 
what else do you need to know about Murray? And uh, she looked at me, kind of cocked her head funny, and I said, uh, Dairy Queen and Palias. And uh, uh, I got tickled the last time I was in town. I went to uh, Culver's, and the, the young man that was waiting on me, he said, we've got the best ice cream in the world. And I kind of backed up, and I said, uh, I hate to tell you, but Murray Dairy Queen's got the best ice cream in the world. And he kind of liked, and the manager happened to be standing behind him. And he looked at him and he says, he's right. I hope Culver's didn't hear me say that. That man might be looking for a job today. <laughs> but uh, no, we love Murray. Even if Grundy does try to baptize me when he takes me fishing. Uh, that's a story for another time. I told somebody that I remember we came to, uh, I was just a little boy. We came to Murray. Uh, this would have probably been in the late 60s, I would guess. It was John Dale's first Sunday at 7th and Poplar. And... Uh, we stayed at Murray Plaza Courts. I think that was the only hotel in Murray at the time, uh, as best I remember. And uh, I've looked forward to coming back to Murray ever since. And then Beth married into uh, the county, and it really has become home, or a second home after that. If there's nothing else, can we close with prayer? Is it okay to go ahead and finish up? You're up there. I, I suppose you're the one in charge. Let's, let's bow, please. Dear God, thank you so much for being our, our Father. Father, help us to always live our lives in such a way that we can uh, be pleasing to you and that we can bring honor and glory to your name to those that we come in contact with. Father, I want to thank you for this congregation of of your people here and the, the love and the, the friendship and the good works that they've always been involved in. Uh, help us, uh, help me as, as a missionary from here to, to always do my very best to, to spread the gospel to, to those that we come in contact with. Be with us every day, Father. Be with all those that need your care. Uh, so impressed by the, the young man that led the opening prayer this morning and and his simplicity, but the, the heartfelt things that he prayed in his prayer. Uh, mindful of those folks over in Ukraine and the things that they're going through. Uh, Father, we thank you for everything, but most of all, thank you for your son uh, and the hope that we have in him. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.